The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fifth chapter. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And when they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. There's a quote from the Christian author and apologist C.S. Lewis that I really like. He says, when the whole world is running toward a cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. It's a good quote, isn't it? If you take a second to think about it, it reflects two things. Number one. Human beings are really no different than the beasts and many of the other mammals and that we are herd animals. We go with the crowd. Where the crowd goes, we are easily drawn along with them. and We go with them wherever they go. And the second there is also that we find ourselves often critical of the people in the crowd who are the nonconformists, the people who are not doing what everybody else around us and what we ourselves are doing. So in light of this quote, and in light of today's gospel, I'd like to talk this morning about common sense. I want to talk about common sense. Or rather, to use the language of the quote, I want to talk about the direction that the world is running in. Now, I would like to give, first of all, common sense its dues. There is wisdom in listening to the collective experience and wisdom of the community that you find yourself in. Right? Other people around you who are older and more experienced in life have things to teach you from what they have gone through. You know that sometimes you can avoid some really painful lessons if you just listen to grandma and grandpa, mom or dad, or somebody else who went through it first. And if you do what they said, you might be able to avoid the same hardship that they had if you listen to their common sense. I think all of us here like aphorisms, that is, pithy sayings with a general truth. And all of us, <laughs> we're in Iroquois County. I know we all use them all the time, right? How many of you here, raise your hand if you've never said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? How many of you, well, maybe this is a little less common, but you know the general principle too, right? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And then for woodworkers among us, measure twice, cut once. 
Of course, common sense, especially that found in aphorisms, is often very good. And I would even say this, common sense is usually good. It's usually right. It's hard for a non-truth, an untruth, or whatever you want to call it, to make it as far to become an aphorism or what might be considered common sense if it's wrong, right? Just sort of generation after generation says, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, this is true, this is helpful, this is good, and it eventually makes its way to us as common sense. But there is another side to the story, isn't there? There are times when something might be common, popular, widespread, but it's not sensible. It doesn't make any sense. This is what's illustrated in Lewis's quote that I opened with, right, about the running in the direction and the person running away from the cliff. The common sense of the group is to run, to run fast, to run together but they are running towards a cliff that will kill them. There are many Bible examples of this, if you take a moment to think, especially the Old Testament. The Sunday school ones that come to mind are that of the golden calf with Israel at the foot of Mount Sinai. Right? God had delivered them with his power and his might, rawly displayed for them to see, no doubt about who was God, but yet what were they doing all together? Worshiping this calf that Aaron had fashioned for them out of the fire in place of God. Many other instances of idolatry in the Old Testament illustrate the same thing. The common consensus of the people was to worship someone beside the one true God. And of course, there is the ever so clear one when the mob, the majority of the people, the crowd was yelling, crucify him, crucify him, the Lord of life. In each instance, It's not just the crowd. It is the crowd, but it's not just them, but it's also their leaders, all utterly convinced, or at least convinced enough that the direction that they are going, the things they are doing, the things that they are saying are the right things, and everything and everyone that is contrary to that is wrong or has lost their mind. The lesson is obvious, though. The majority opinion of a group of people doesn't necessarily make something right. That's the shot. But here's the chaser. The minority opinion, on the other hand, isn't right just because it goes against the majority. The real question in every situation, in every group of people, in every instance you find yourself in life, the real question is, what's actually right? What is actually true? Where is the cliff, and how can I not go toward that cliff? You see, it is, of course, we know, very easy to glorify, to glory in being part of the majority, the main group of people, the winning team, right? It's easy to cheer for the team and the color of the team that just won, to be absolutely euphoric in that, whether it's sports, politics, or anything else in life. But in this day and age, as you probably know if you've watched any amount of television, it's very easy to glorify and to glory in being in the minority, the small group of people, the marginalized, and so forth. I'm special because I'm not like all of them. I'm different. I am overlooked, and therefore, because of that, I must be right. But neither position, the majority or the minority, is in and of itself good. Either is only good, depending on the direction that it's going. 
That's what makes something good. Is it the right direction or not? How many people, whether it be a lot or few, is completely irrelevant, isn't it? Where is the cliff? Where is the danger? That's what matters. Am I going towards that or not? And that brings us to the gospel lesson. It's kind of an intense example for common sense, but I do want to talk about common sense as it goes into this. It's a little more subtle and not nearly as dangerous there, right, in the cliff. But you still have this instance of common sense with Peter and our Lord in the lesson. Peter had been out all night fishing. You ever had a full day's worth of work and it's just terrible? You're glad to get home. You're like, I'm done. I'm going to turn on Sports Center, put my feet up, go to bed, right? Imagine if that day of work had nothing to show for it. You didn't really get anything done. And then somebody you don't really know comes and tells you, you should go back out and do it again right now, and you're going to actually accomplish a lot of things, right? <laughs> Peter's response to Jesus in the moment is very reasonable, and we would have had probably the same one. Uh, Lord, we were out there all night and had absolutely nothing to show for it. Common sense to him and to anybody else there would have been, that's wasted effort, it's wasted time, let us just have some breakfast and get some sleep. We all know that overused line from Einstein, I think it is, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results, kind of applies here too, doesn't it? But in the face of this, what does Peter do? He says, we didn't catch anything, but okay, Lord, at your word, I will go out, we will let down the nets. I'm going to run against the crowd of common sense on this one. And what happens with Peter? We know it well. He, caught, he catches in his boat enough fish to start capsizing that boat and the other boat that comes to help. He threw out common sense in the moment, went against the crowd, and his counter-current course was proven to be the right one. So what is our takeaway from this? To always just, by default, do the opposite of what everybody else is doing to go against the crowd and think I must be going the right way? Is it to always, in every case, to reject common sense? Is it to make sure that you talk with Jesus before you go fishing and then you're going to get a little more fish? <laughs> no. Rather, it's to trust the Lord and his word above everything, against everything, even if that everything includes common sense and the consensus of the crowd. If there's a contest between the two, what the world says is wise to do and what the Lord says to do, go with the Lord. Or put another way, or go with the Lord. The thing is, the Lord never leads us toward and off a cliff whether a proverbial cliff or a real one. Or rather, to put it another way, whatever is the opposite of God's word, whatever is contradictory to God's word, that is always, and in every case, a very dangerous and steep cliff, no matter how many people are running blindly toward it. Of course, I could cite many examples of this, and I'm sure you can likely think of a few of your own on your own. But I will say this, more generally speaking. Each one of us here, no matter how old we are, have authorities that we go to in life. People and things that we listen to, that we trust. 
whether it's data on smaller issues or larger parts of our worldview. But what we should always be asking ourselves in these instances is that if, is this crowd that I found myself running in, am I running towards a cliff? Am I going the right way? Am I running in accordance with God's word or am I running against it? Am I going to Jesus Christ or am I going away from him? I know that going toward Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness, life, and there is salvation. And I know that going away from him is sin, death, and the devil. Does the direction, does the, does the direction that I'm running, though, show that I truly believe that? That that is essential truth to my life? The world and the flesh want ever so hard to draw us with the crowd away from him. They'd have us run off the cliff without any breaks or remorse. But for my money and for my eternal soul, I'd rather have the scorn of that crowd and their mockery and their ire than to run off the cliff with them. I would rather follow Jesus Christ and his word to salvation. And I hope it's true for you too. In his name, amen.